0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If there's one compliance I could ever ask for, it would be if you could hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Schwilly Mays here. Boss, under no circumstances. Me, okay. I was working in promotions at a TV station. The GM thought it would be a good idea if I was also a sales assistant. From 8 to 12, I was only to do sales stuff, that was it. From 1 to 5, I was only to work in promotions, no exceptions. It was kind of dumb. I know how to allot my time. Sometimes there was no sales stuff in the morning, and other times there was nothing in promotions in the afternoon. I did what needed to be done on my schedule, then he started sending me emails almost weekly. Under no circumstances are you to work on promotions before lunch or sales after lunch. Okay, those days with no sales stuff before noon, I sat in my office and played games. If a salesperson asked me to write a script or enter an order after lunch, it would sit there until the next morning even if I had no promotions to work on that afternoon. This went on for months until it got back to the GM and he was all, I didn't mean that literally, work on what you need to, blah blah blah. Guess under no circumstances means something different to him. I didn't last too much longer. I was put in charge of production and promotions with zero help. I asked the GM for a raise and he told me that my low pay was job security. He didn't even want to give me the creative services director title. I ordered new business cards with that title anyways and he eventually caved. I knew my time there was done, you get what you pay for. I was sent to Vegas for the yearly promotional convention, blew off the whole convention and partied my butt off while charging it all to the station. Went to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, saw Jerry Seinfeld, saw love, charged it all and tons of booze to the station, made it a day and a half back before getting fired, had a sales guy whine to the GM because I was so busy and wouldn't drop everything to kiss his butt, told him to go freak himself. Later on that day, I was brought into the GM's office with the sales guy to apologize, kind of lost it and told them both to go freak themselves, fired the next morning. Best thing that ever happened to me. I'm self-employed and make more than double what I made at the station with no butt to kiss. Freak off his life. I'm surprised they're still on the air. If you felt justified that you deserved a raise, went to your GM and asked for one, and they said, no, your low salary is job security, do you think you'd flip out on them right then and there for saying something so disrespectful like that? Or do you think you would just take it in stride and kind of factor it into your long-term plans? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is by Foldy Folds. Don't fix an important tool for our customer? Okay, backstory. I made the poor decision of getting a B.S. in mathematics and was not able to get a job upon graduation because everyone was either looking for a computer scientist or engineer. My buddy managed to hook me up with a job at a federal contractor in business management, specifically contracts. It worked out better than expected because they had many processes that could be automated and needed systems for data tracking, so I spent most of my time making tools in Excel using VBA. One of my assignments was as a liaison to our government customer and they loved the tracker tools I made for them and the technical support I provided. We had a tool for pricing that was built in Excel and used macros. The coder was about to retire, so the pricing manager got my boss's permission to have me trained to take over as the coder. Apparently, higher up the chain, it was decided that they couldn't have a contracts person doing a pricing job and that the pricing tools group needed to take over. They made it very clear that my help and input were not welcome and that I was to stay in my lane. The manager of the tools group made a big show of how much more expertise they have than a person in contracts. The only coder they had did Access and not Excel, so she was taking time to get familiar with the tool. I was told that I was not allowed to touch or make any changes to the tool. Now, I knew that there was an issue with the tool and I knew how to fix it. It was an ActiveX issue that I'd run into with some of my other tools, including the tracker our customer used. I fixed the issue for them on the tracker. The customer also had a version of our pricing tool. So now the customer has a tool that doesn't work because of an issue they have seen me solve before. So who do they call? Q malicious compliance. I politely told them that the pricing group was taking over the tool and I was told to stand down. Then I went for a long lunch. I returned from lunch to utter chaos. The customer had sent the pricing manager and her director a very strongly worded email explaining that they don't give a crap about our internal politics. They have an issue, the pricing group can't fix it and I can. They demanded I be sent to fix the issue immediately or complaints would be sent to a higher level. Complaints from the customer are taken extremely seriously. So this would be very detrimental to the pricing manager's career. I also had a frantic voicemail from the developer who was tasked by the pricing tool group with fixing the tool. She was having trouble fixing the issue. My manager gave me the go-ahead to see the customer. I was able to quickly fix the issue and make the customer happy again. A few months later, I was contacted by the pricing manager offering me a job, but I turned it down. I did eventually end up transferring to a systems engineering role and from there to my current job as a database application developer, which I love. If they're going to downplay your abilities and say, no, 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 you can't play with us. You're just a contractor. You can't do this work. And then when they finally have to come crawling back with egg on their faces, and afterwards they offer you a new job with them. Honestly, I bet the last thing you'd want to do is work for those people. They were weirdly judgmental, gatekeeping, and they didn't want anything to do with you before. They only want you now because you fix their problems and make them look good. You keep on floundering by yourself. I'm gonna get out of here. Our next story is by Frau. You don't want the climbing plants? Sure thing! My parents live in a big house with an amazing garden. My mom's an agro-engineer and really cares about her plants. When we moved there, it was almost a desert, and she put a lot of effort to make plants grow beautifully. The house has a direct entrance to the garden on the left part, so there's a wall like 13 meters tall then it goes down to 5 meters, and then again up to 8 meters. Ten years ago, my mom talked to the neighbor if there was no problem with them setting a wiring where the wall is 5 meters tall, so my mom could make climbing plants grow. The neighbor was really happy with the idea because a green wall would make the view more appealing, and it would give the two houses more privacy. So she put up a 3 meter tall wiring, some ampelopsis, and also two different types of climbing jasmines, The neighbor was delighted that in the summer, he could enjoy the sweet fragrance of the flowers. Win-win for both. Well, the neighbor died and his son sold the house and the new owner built a three-floor apartment complex there. After some months, the new neighbor started complaining with my mom about the climbing plants. He wanted her to cut them off. Remember the wall's height? Cutting the green wall off with a three-floor building next to them meant total privacy invasion. The harassment to get rid of the plants became unbearable. God protects this man because nobody wants to mess with my mom, especially when it comes to her plants. So my mom cut all the plants off, talked to an architect, talked to the municipality to get the permission, and built a wall. He was so pissed and when confronted my mom, she showed him the permission and told him I cut them off like you asked for. Now you're not going to have problems with the plants anymore. Of course, she made the plants grow again, and she has her beautiful green wall again, and the neighbor now has a beautiful concrete monster in front of the windows. Then we learn that the building was authorized by the municipality, so an 8-meter wall doesn't sound that bad after all. That is a very big oopsie to make building this big apartment complex without actually verifying that you can put that there? Imagine taking a building and constructing it into a three-story apartment building without ever getting a permit for it. I'm expecting that neighbor to get some pretty big fines. Our next story is by KCJV. Ordering is fine by me. This is a summary of what happened to me a couple of days ago as I was trying to replace my phone's SIM card with a nano SIM. Nothing crazy, but still a fun story to tell. Backstory I received a new phone for Christmas but could not begin to use it right away, as it required a nano-SIM, and what I had then was a micro-SIM. Thus, I figured I'd just head to one of my mobile services provider shops to try and work that out. Now, for some context, the current contract with the provider was signed back when I was in middle school, so the contract is still in my mother's name. Thus, when I arrived at the shop, the following exchange ensued with the employee. I said, hello, I'd like to exchange my SIM card for a nano-SIM. The employee says, of course, sir, I'll just need your phone number. I give her the number and the employee says, sir, it looks like the contract isn't in your name. I say, yeah, it's in my mother's name. They say, in that case, sir, I'll either need that person's ID or a power of attorney enabling you to act on their behalf. I say, unfortunately, I have neither of those. They say, in that case, I'm afraid that person will have to come to the store to sort this out themselves. Either that or either one of you can order the card from your customer space on our website. I say, I understand. Have a good day. I then left the shop and immediately whipped out my old phone and hopped onto the customer space for which I had all the necessary login info to look up the procedure to order a nano sim. You see, my mother works in another city and definitely wouldn't have had the time to come to the shop during their opening hours. I was then informed via the provider's website that as soon as you order the Nano SIM, you will receive a text message containing a code that you can then use to retrieve your SIM card. Cue the malicious compliance. Apparently, they wanted me to order, huh? Fine by me. So I did, and then proceeded to walk right back into the shop not two minutes after leaving where the same employee led me to a terminal from which I retrieved my nano-sim. Again, nothing too crazy, just figured I'd share my experience with you guys, because not all malicious compliance stories need some Karen in them. I think this is a pretty good malicious compliance, although it kind of lacks that showing them up punch you really want, because in reality, all the employee said is, sorry, you're going to have to either have that person here or order it off the website. OP could have done everything they did after that, just standing right there in front of that employee, and the employee probably wouldn't have batted an eye. It's just kind of exactly what they told them to do. In fact, I'd say this is a little bit more just compliance. And our final story of the day is by ESF Hockey. My dad, delicious sweetbread, and my malicious compliance. My name is A, I'm two years old. I just turned two in November. I'm half Romanian, mommy, and a quarter Scottish and Japanese, daddy. I love my parents cooking, but my grandparents make this Romanian sweetbread called Kozonak Kunuka. It's like a babka, but all I care about is that it is really delicious and the chocolate marble is my favorite part of the Kozonak Kunuka. My family takes very good care of me, but I'm still a very big boy. I'm 99th percentile height and weight. I've been learning two languages, and at daycare I learned how to sign for more. I just close my fingers to my thumbs and then tap my hands together. I like this sign because it lets mommy and daddy know when I want to sing some more wheels on the bus, read more of my Paw Patrol sticker book or the little blue truck, or when I want some more oranges or apples. This is an important detail, but let me get to the rest of the story. Over Christmas dinner, I was fed some turkey, yuck, and some potatoes and cranberry sauce. Usually my grandpa is really serious, but after hearing my dad say it's okay, I was able to have some cranberry sauce. I had a bunch of spoonfuls of cranberry sauce. Then dessert came, and I love Kozunak Kanuka. It is so good. I watched my mommy cut me half a slice of the sweetbread, and I started peeking at the chocolate marbling. I like the white part of the bread, but today, I just wanted chocolate. So I did the sign for more, but my daddy is mean. He said, no, not until you finish the rest of the bread. I looked at mommy and she told me to listen to daddy. I decided that if I simply just had to show there was nothing left on my plate, I could get more sweet bread. So I started shoving everything on the plate into my mouth. I looked like a chipmunk. Then I looked at daddy and signed for more, daddy put it on my plate. Then I looked at daddy, smiled and pulled everything that was in my mouth back onto the plate and started eating the chocolate on the other half of the sweet bread. That's when I saw mommy and daddy leave the table and I heard them giggling in the kitchen while Boonika and Booniku smiled and cleaned up my mess. Later I heard daddy tell mommy how impressed he was by my malicious compliance. All I know is this two-year-old was light years ahead of me when I was two years old. When I was two years old, if I was given Kozunak Kunuka, I'd probably just try to suffocate myself by smashing my face against it and trying to eat all of it. These kids that pick up things so quickly always just blow my mind. Two years old and they're learning two languages and learning how to sign for things. Seeing your two-year-old kid sign for more because they like something You have to feel proud as a parent to see that. If that was me, I'd probably give my kid more chocolate just seeing them because I would think it's adorable and I'd be so darn proud of them. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me.